Welcome to The Spark Effect, the most famous podcast you haven't heard of. I am your host, Wendy Durrell, bringing you stories, advice, support, and the most fascinating guests on the planet. I believe it just takes a spark to change a life. Let's do this thing. Hello, Spark Effect crew. I am coming to you from Southern California. I am visiting my family out here. And for today's episode, I thought it would be really interesting to interview one of the most important men in my life and one of the re- the main reasons I came out to California, and that's my father. Dad, welcome to the Spark Effect. Oh, thank you. Hello, hello. <laughs> So the the last time I was out in California was 2015. And what's interesting about that trip is I brought out my entire family. I brought out my stepkids, I brought out my guy, and we brought out our friend Doug. And and can you tell me what you remember about that trip? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I don't remember you. I don't remember them. I th- strongly suspect you made up the whole thing. <laughs> I know we were really here. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. You know, we have this um, opioid crisis going on. And at that time, uh, my dad was on a lot of medication to the point where he was foggy all the time. We, ne- I never really saw him there he was foggy can you do you remember what it was like being on these medications only a little bit Mm -hmm. uh the primary use for me was as painkillers right a lot of people have that as uh, either a real reason or a really swell excuse and what what had you had done medically that required these well i had a number of surgeries some of some of them kind of surprise surgeries and i had uh several physical conditions that uh, pain accompanied was very common. I also had some raging infections in my body, and that complicated everything. Sure. Do you think that you were over-medicated at the time? Well, it's easy for me to say yes. Mm -hmm. However, since the doctors that I had were very, very good ones, and I respect them to this day, they were just addressing a problem that I had, and that was relentless pain. Well, sure, and that, I don't think yeah. that they wanted you to be in pain. So it's, yeah. it's, I think it's probably a really hard balance for doctors to um, accommodate that with medication. But at the same time, these medications, get they're very addictive. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And um, and you eventually went through a detox with them. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> detox, that's a very <laughs> polite term. Uh, I had some serious withdrawals. Right. And having gone through that, I really question how many of my uh, musical heroes from the 70s even survived. Some of the people who had repeated withdrawals Mm-hmm. I just almost don't understand it. The withdrawal episode that I had, I mean, there there were several uh, drugs involved, mm-hmm. and I, I was trying on, I'd be, this is good, but it's bad. It was a mistake. Mm-hmm. I was trying to stop most of them cold turkey on my own right? without the help of my doctor, and I learned later that was one of the biggest mistakes. So instead of like weaning off, you just decided to stop. That's right. Uh, I decided I don't need this anymore. <laughs> and your and, body's like, why? <laughs> and uh, the the experience I had of withdrawals 
was far worse than any of the pain could be. No, I'm sure. I, I had a raging fever one minute. Mm -hmm. uh, the next minute, I had just violent chills with my uh, legs and arms just twitching and, and just jumping all over. Like the worst headache possible and all of my various aches and pains that I was taking the drugs for in the first place were worse than ever. Well, it puts like your entire system into crisis when you stop. Cold. Oh, it like, did. Yeah, it did. Now you did eventually completely detox, but it was through a coma. Why don't you tell us about that? Well, yes. Now, I, I don't recommend that everybody have a coma. It was kind of a, a blessing in disguise in a way because it has, right. it's scary. A coma is very scary, but it allowed your body to heal without these medications being in it. Yes, it did. Now, the coma situation, it's it's one of those things where you you and your relatives, your loved ones, you don't know if you're going to wake up. Right. Uh, I did have some specific brain functions, and every time my wife spoke to me, mm -hmm. if I heard her voice, my brain would react. Oh, that's amazing. And that was, uh, according to the, the doctors, that was one of the most positive things. Well, sure, and I think that a lot of people think that, you know, waking up from a coma is like you see in the movies. You just open your eyes and you're back. But it's much more gradual than that. Is that correct? Absolutely. It took me at least a week to have any comprehension at all. Right. And the uh, when you first wake up from it, many of my friends ask me, well, what, did you dream during the coma? What did you experience? Absolutely nothing. Just wow. complete... Just it, it's just a black area of my life, just a hole in the middle of my life. Uh, when I first started coming back, then I started hallucinating wildly, all wow. kinds of hallucinations. And <clears throat> some of them I recognized as hallucinations. Many of them I did not. I, it seemed so real to me, many of the things. Uh, when I first came out of the coma, I was literally... Um, helpless. Mm -hmm. I couldn't move my body mm -hmm. virtually at all. I couldn't use my hands. They just drooped. I couldn't use my fingers. Couldn't speak more than a word or two. And wow, it, it was it, like a full body reset. Oh, yes. Wow. And, and when I spoke a word or two, mm -hmm. frequently I wasn't sure that those two words went together, but I thought it was a victory. Well, I can say two <laughs> words today. And part of the therapy coming back, they have the physical therapy, they have occupational therapy, where they teach you, they, they spent two days teaching me how to put on a t-shirt. Oh my goodness. Uh, and they were getting a little frustrated, but they are very patient. Well, I remember you guys FaceTimed me, you called, you video called me a couple weeks after you woke up and you were home, you had, you'd come home. And the second I saw you and you were talking, it was like, oh my gosh, dad's back again. So what is that like, like missing that? Because it was like three years, right? A couple years of your life are just, is. do you have any memories of it? Or is it well, just this, this dead zone? Well, the overall effect to this day, and that was almost four years ago, the coma. Mm -hmm. And to this day, it's very frustrating for me to think about what happened how it happened, the fact that I wasn't here for that period of time. And looking back on that, there's a lot of small victories. Sure. The small victories carry the importance that possibly would be any, any with anyone else with a big victory. Right. If you have a small victory, 
then that's that's well, a remarkable just thing. since i arrived i arrived about a week ago now today yes i've seen you're you're moving better you're actually walking better like it's it you're right it's these little like little progress steps this, these little victories that will accumulate and eventually you'll be um in much better health than you were before so oh, yes what is your quality of life now the uh, overall quality of life is better than many people might think because once you have your thought processes back, sure. and most of mine are back, I still have some short-term memory issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I can remember what I did when I was five years old. I mean, <laughs> five minutes ago, maybe not. Uh, but things of that sort, and some of the additional pain that I've had recently due to some increased and continued infections mm-hmm. well, and it's, so on. I can't tell you, it is very, very nice to have you <laughs> back oh, thank you. in here. Um, the, this trip out was important to me because I realized that I was waiting for some sort of emergency to happen in New York City, and my listeners will remember from my last episode me talking about this. And I wanted to come out and spend time with my dad where like, we're hanging out. And so today, we're actually pulling out a ton of his guitars. Some of my earliest memories are my dad playing guitar. And he could play to any song that was on. <laughs> he just really could. So let's talk about your band. What was the name of your band back in the day? Oh, the good old uh, Orange County Band, uh, Sapphire. Yay, Sapphire. We were primarily a dance-oriented mm-hmm. band. We played uh, a lot of college fraternities. We played a lot of private parties, a lot of wedding receptions. And this was in the mid-70s, right. mid to latter 70s. Many of the people we really liked Well, I remember you really played liked, out. I remember you really liked Kiss. Oh, yeah. And you liked Led Zeppelin. And oh, like, Zeppelin. Those are the things I grew, I grew up hearing. Now, you guys almost booked one amazing gig but this was back in the day before pagers before cell phones before texting before email before all of that stuff what happened we received a phone call at our main contact number mm-hmm. and we had uh, you know an answering machine which was state of the art meaning right. it barely worked <laughs> Uh, But we received this phone call. We had arrived back at the site that we were uh, having our rehearsal that night. Mm -hmm. And we missed the phone call by 15 minutes. Now, what the call was concerning was us being one of the opening acts. And that was fine. Mm -hmm. At Cal Jam 2. Now, Mm -hmm. Cal Jam 2... For anybody who's ever researched it, and you can certainly look online, it's there. Uh, Depending on who you spoke to, uh, the attendance at that function was anywhere between 400,000 people and 600,000 people. Many people claimed that it was much larger than Woodstock. Now, as a very thriving local band that did well and loved their music, an audience like that would have been the ultimate experience totally absolutely and when we realized we missed it by 15 minutes you can imagine we went we grabbed every telephone we could trying to call the organizers back we got them on the phone it was too late they had already filled the they slot. had already they contractually they had to book it Dang. and they did and they told us they they felt really bad because they wanted us right 
Now that would have been an audience to remember. Mm -hmm. When I was in college, I started doing theater and I joined a theater company in, I believe it was Anaheim or Long Beach? Anaheim Hills. Anaheim Hills. Yes. Called Insurgo. And my dad ended up joining as well and acting in a couple... Th Actually, he did more theater there than I did and uh, doing acting work. Do you miss it? I do. Very, very much. I absolutely loved it. I, I was in quite a few different uh, uh, plays and many of them I had more than one role. And that, that added a little something to it because of very rapid costume changes, back scene, and all right. of that. You go backstage, and it's it's not what most people imagine. Backstage is at a relatively small but busy theater. It's a different situation I, entirely. I miss it. So my first big play at that theater company was Dracula, and I played Mina. And I, I'll be completely honest, I am not a good actor. I, I did that role, but I am much better as a technical person, working on sound and lights and stuff like that. But I did have this role. And my dad came to every show, and he made the meal that Jonathan Harker consumed during the play every show. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. You also had an amazing ability of memorization. And I remember when I was a little kid going to a lot of um, events th to do with your Masonic Lodge. True, when, yes. When were you master of the lodge? 1985. And how much memorization did you have to do? <laughs> a relatively huge amount you have to be able to quote somewhere around in anywhere between 12 and 16 hours and in fact they have district inspectors who check the new masters and they will they will interject you into a certain place mm -hmm. which makes it more difficult you're approaching 70 what do you wish that what would you tell yourself um, if you could go back like 30 years? Mostly because I've, I've had a good run. I've yeah. had a good period of time and the arts have contributed so much. The music, the, the theater, just watching a good movie. Uh, so you're saying we should all enjoy like the art and the beauty of the world. Oh, definitely. More as we're younger. Definitely. However, there are some uh, pitfalls to be aware of. First of all, take better care of your teeth. I'm a, I, I would tell anyone that. Good advice. Just take care, taking care of your body. Mm -hmm. Try to eat a relatively good uh, diet. Uh, exercise is important, even though a lot of people's exercise is, uh, uh, at least from the beginning of video games, is twitching your thumbs. <laughs> and uh, there's more to it than that. So uh, trying to live a... A kind of a full life, it's important to conduct yourself in a way that takes a look at the future. You have to think in terms of, if I live a very long and prosperous and happy life, I need to take care of myself. That is very important. Uh, that makes me happy to hear. I, you know, with my line of work, working with women on their nutrition and, and some men too on their, their health and fitness, I love hearing you say that because we only get one body and we have to take care of it while we can. And it's very important. Well, Dad, I mean, yes. thank you so much for being on The Spark Effect. It has been a pleasure interviewing you. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? 
Not really at this time. Uh, if in the future you have a desire to find my latest uh, activities, and then that would be nice. But uh, this has been a good experience, and I hope your audience enjoys this, and so on and so forth. Just keep it moving. Thank you. Another huge thank you to my dad for guesting on The Spark Effect. This trip has been really good. It's interesting being back in California, having lived now in New York City for well over a decade. I forget how um, good the weather is and how clear the skies are. Um, And it's it's been a pleasure to be out here for these couple weeks. We'll be back next week with our regular episode. It'll be coming a couple days late because I'll be recording from New York City again. I hope everyone is well. Everybody's taking care of themselves. And if you are somewhere where it is freezing right now, please stay warm. And I love you guys. <laughs>